Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Welcome to a special bonus episode of the SJP Wrestling Podcast. Um, a bonus episode by way of an apology, I guess, for last week's show being a day late. Completely my error. Technical problems on my end caused a few, a few issues, um, and I want to again thank my guest David Eaton for his patience with sorting all that out. Um, on today's special bonus episode, we have a great discussion with Mr. Oliver Sudden. Oliver explains to us about his uh, discovery of this crazy wrestling world as a youngster, getting into the training academy at Dragon Pro, um, stop-start a little bit at the beginning of his career, and then now working for various different companies across the UK. Um, It's a brilliant discussion. Oliver is a really interesting, funny, insightful fella. I, I really, really had a great time talking to him. Um, on top of today's bonus episode, you will still be getting your standard Thursday episode released on normal time, all things allowing. Uh, this week, again, hopefully if everything goes as planned, it will be a discussion with the alpha male Yestin Reese. Yestin joined me a short while ago to discuss and go through two of his favourite matches of all time, the Raw Rumble 2000 contest between... Cactus Jack and Triple H, and then a Road Warriors versus Arn and Tully match from Starcade '87. It's a it's a really interesting conversation with Yestin offering an insight into the psychology and storytelling aspect of these two matches. I, I listened back to it for editing purposes recently, and honestly, it's it's one of the most interesting and insightful shows I've done. I had a great time recording that. Um, before we get to today's guest, however, I just want to offer, give a shout out and a reminder to my other podcast, um, that's Chain Wrestling, you can find on, on Twitter and Facebook at Chain underscore Wrestling, um, give that a follow and a listen, and it's basically a show where you decide what we do. Mags, uh, my podcast partner and I, we cover one match a week. Um, and the match that it, we look at is decided upon by a Twitter poll. And the listeners and, and followers on Twitter vote for which way we want to go, with Mags and I both putting an option forward that link to last week's episode. The theory being that each show links to the last and links to the one after it. So you could start episode 10 and run right through to episode 20, and they would all somehow link along, forming the chain, hence the term chain wrestling. I know, it's quite clever, isn't it? Believe it or not. I'm not just a pretty face. (laughs) The wife would disagree on both of those counts. But there we go. 
So yeah, Seek Out Chain Wrestling, it's it's great fun to record and we get a lot of good feedback about it from everyone who listens, so I hope that you will enjoy it too. Um, but that's enough of me waffling on. Um, again, thank you to Oliver Sudden for his time and recording this chat with me. Um, and let's get to that discussion right now. As always, thank you for listening. Hello brother, this is NWA WCW Enhancement Talent, Randy Hogan baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys, let me tell you, it was dang rough, but not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cyan Mags and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? The King of Toontime. All of a sudden, how are we doing, sir? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Yes, very good, thanks. Very good. Thank you for joining me on the SJP Wrestling Podcast today to have a little chat about this uh, this crazy world of professional wrestling that we love so much. Wonderful world of crazy professional wrestling. <laughs> um, a question I've asked quite a few people who have come on since I started doing this show. I mean, I've been doing it for like probably just shy of a year now. Um, sort of pushing 40 episodes so i'm approaching a year um it's very much dropped within lockdown and covid situation and, and so on the, the sort of time frame of my, my show running some of it tends to be a regular question that pops up but i think i'll just start with with you now um it is with regards to the pandemic and the whole covid situation how has that affected you with regards to your wrestling life and, and also your, your non-wrestling life um kind of a bit of everything really so like my non-wrestling life, I work in a pub, so obviously we were one of the first ones to shut down originally, so then it was, at, at first it was like, brilliant, all this time off, fantastic, it's what I've been wanting for ages, but then obviously it's the kind of double-edged sword where I got the time off, but I still can't do anything, mm-hmm. so it's like, like my, my real life didn't really affect me that much, like obviously I tried getting like gym equipment and stuff in, it was kind of obviously wrestling that took the biggest blow, but it was kind of... I don't know, you'll probably find me waffling on, by the way, so much. No, you so. carry on. No, honestly, despite the fact I've been doing this as long as I have, I've picked up very quickly, nobody's here to listen to me, so waffle as long as you want. <laughs> like, I think the the blow of wrestling, I think it kind of hit me quite hard, because I think the last, I say the last, before, just before everything, probably the last six months or so beforehand, I was getting a bit, I was getting a bit low on myself okay. with everything, like, I felt that I could have been doing things better and I should have been in better shape and this, that, and the other. And then it was just beginning of the year. We did, um, we did a dragon pro in-house show. And so we got to try some new things, try some things. I had a match with Tom winter and it was, it was amazing. Like the match went great. We had great fun doing it. And it just kind of stuff started to click in my head of right. This, this is what I need to do. This is what I've got to do. So I started trying to plan stuff to go ahead. And then a month or so later, it was, world is locked down. Yeah. So it's kind of, obviously, everything's gone gone straight back in reverse, really. So, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. It's um, with, with regards to the whole lockdown thing, I mean, my job actually, my job actually went. So initially, oh. I was very much in the mindset of, okay, I've got time at home. That'll be great. Um. 
and it's nice being around the kids, the wife, and so on mm. for a little bit. And um, and then I was I was thinking I can get this done, I can get that done. I got the garden to sort out, I can sort that shed out, I can build this fence. I did nothing. I I I sat on the sofa. Didn't at the beginning of it all. No, I literally just sat on the sofa and watched wrestling. That's basically what I've done for a year. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, guess, I get that. But we're coming out of it now. Hopefully, little bit by little bit. You know, the the, the light is at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. All of the fingers are crossed. All of the toes, everything. I'm yeah. I'm I'm hit that point now. Where I'm like I'm itching to get back to it. Itch, itching to go. Yeah, definitely. Um. Very quickly before we get on to wrestling and so on in general, um, you, you say about exercise and, and activities and so on during lockdown and you spent a lot of time sort of just not able to get out. This time round, I've, I've seen that you've been doing basically some charity work, some charity runs, haven't you, for, for Prostate yeah. so UK. Well, Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, it was literally, it was like this, it seemed like a bit of a spur of the moment thing. I was just chatting to my dad um because like I'm, I'm very close to my dad anyway so like i speak to him almost every day and we were just chatting and he like made a just made a remark of, oh i saw this on facebook do you want to run 50 miles in april for prostate cancer and i just went yeah might as well <laughs> like he was taken a bit back by it and then like we both we both had like a think about it spoke to each other later on and he's got like it just seemed like the right thing to do i've, like, I've always wanted to do some sort of charity work like mm-hmm when I was in school, I was always in getting involved in all the, all the charity things I could. And I want, I've always wanted to keep, keep that up as best I can. And this just seemed like a great opportunity. Cause like I've had, I've had a couple of family members who either had prostate cancer and beaten it or had it. And unfortunately uh, didn't do so well. So I just felt this is like, it was like a good thing, a good thing to do for them. And it kind of just raised as much as we want. Us. Like, I think we're almost at 400 pounds at the minute. So okay, considering why? today, which is, I was knackered from afterwards so <laughs> running three miles every other day and then doing the final three miles today. It kind of took it out of me. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I, I think I'd struggle to run three meters, never mind three miles, but uh, yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. And what we'll do is well, <laughs> when we get to the, uh, the end of the show, if you want to, we'll, we'll give out your social media details and so on anyway, but yeah, yeah if you put your, give us your links and so on, if you also want to jump on and donate, and then when the episode comes out, we'll, we'll stick them all in the bottom of the of the Twitter and the Facebook and so on for that as well. Because even if you've completed your challenge, I imagine it'll be open for more donations. So yeah, hopefully, I, like I'm not sure because it's all run through the page. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it doesn't attack because like I'd love to. I, I want to just get as much as we can for it, and then I'll look for the next challenge. Yeah, some- of course. Yeah, no problem. We'll look in. We'll definitely sort that out. No problem. Um, okay, so I suppose the the, the, the the obvious place to start is the very beginning. Um, where did you first stumble across this crazy world of people pretending to fight in their pants? So I was, I was thinking about this the other day, and it, was, it kind of hit me like I can't, I couldn't fully remember for a while. So I was thinking, like I couldn't remember what was the first thing I remember, but then it suddenly like it clicked on me that the first thing I remember, like, it wasn't the fact of I hadn't watched it first, but I used to play rugby. And like we used to train every Friday night, and every Friday there, me and my closest mate at the time, we'd swap swap houses, and he'd stay over mine, or I'd stay over his. Okay. And he he had the new SmackDown versus Raw game, like the brat, the first ever one. So we started playing on that. Loved loved the idea of it. And thought it was great. Didn't didn't have a clue who anyone was. So I'm like Ray Mysterio running around like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> For the night time, or just looking straight at the big characters and going, wow. 
And then we kind of, I think it was once, we were staying at his and he was like, oh, there is actually wrestling on. Do you fancy watching this? Or like, it was either that, we found some clips and stuff. And whether this is the first match I ever, like, I can remember, like, I ever seen, this is the first memory I have. It was about the time that the, the DX were feuding with the McMahons. Okay. Like, so I loved, like, uh, the whole look of it all. I think it, I'm trying to remember which pay-per-view it was. It'll probably come to me later, but I am terrible. I am terrible at remembering dates and all sorts of stuff. But it was the one when they did the tag team Hell in a Cell match. The big show was also in. Right. So kind of my first real memory of wrestling is having a grown man's head shoved up big shows ass, and then the whole craziness of that entire match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was kind of one of those things of what is this? Okay, this is odd. But then the more I watched it, it was like, oh, actually, this is pretty good. And start like start trying to get into it more. Like it was, it was harder to get into it because I didn't have the channels or as much spare time to do the stuff. But every time I watched it, I, I'd sit down and I'd, I'd watch as much as I could. Yeah. Okay. It's funny you mentioned the games as well because that that's something that I've never encountered before. Speaking to wrestling fans or, or anyone until probably in the last sort of six weeks of people coming on the show and saying, yeah, I played the games first. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like 40 years of age. I've been into wrestling since I was seven or eight. Um, mm. To me, it's, it's, it's so odd for a wrestling fan of my age and how I got into it. And I, mm. people I know similar age got into it. Um, hearing about other people playing a computer game first and that being their yeah. sort of entryway in, I guess. It was, yeah, it's like looking back, I kind of thinking, no, surely I'd watched it before. Like maybe mm-hmm. I had watched it before, but the first things that click with me is that I remember playing the game and then watching like either that match or that show in general. Yeah. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And like I said, a few others have said have mm. said something very similar. You know, so that's really interesting to me. My, my kid brother as well, he's not he's not a big wrestling fan in, in any way, shape or form. But he always had the wrestling games. He always would buy them every year because he viewed them just as, I suppose the term is beat em up game, similar to yeah. Streets of Rage or Street Fighter or something like that. Or I don't know what's more modern, Mortal Kombat or Tekken or something. I suppose I'm probably yeah. sure major a little bit there, maybe. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, that was like, that, that was sort of semi baffled me as well that he would be playing these games without having any idea who these people were. You know, but I suppose to to him it was literally just a a computer character as opposed to a wrestling yeah. character. Like I think I I think I kind of knew I knew of WWE and that sort of stuff because you kind of you see it around everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then it was just the time as soon as we started playing the game, it was like oh, okay. So then it was through the game I started to learn about people. Like I don't I don't think at the time I'd seen any of his matches, but I knew I loved Eddie Guerrero and I'd loved the Big Show. I don't know what it what don't know what it was, but it was just straight away. I was like, "Yep, yeah, those two. And then as soon as the more I've watched him, the more I've watched mm. now, I'm like, yeah, I, like I understand everything now. I like why whatever clicked me into it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, you mentioned there um Eddie Guerrero and the big show and, and so on. Were those very much your early favorites when you started watching as well? Um you yeah. say about not having having much access to the to the TV programming itself, which I can sympathize with. I was very much the same. Um but when you did start having more access to the on-screen product, I guess, the TV shows, was it still Guerrero and the big show or that others yeah. that caught your eye as well? I think, I think there's a few others. Cause I think the one thing 
kind of obviously linking into the way I've wrestled is I'm I've always been a massive fan of the big characters. So the ones that you remember, not just for being the wrestler, but for doing the other bits and bobs. So like mm-hmm. Eddie Guerrero with all the lying, cheating, stealing, big show being the big guy he was and doing all that. Because I think actually saying that, I think big show is probably a little different because it was kind of at the time I was quite a big kid anyway. So then seeing someone big, it was just like, if a big guy can do something, I'm sure I can do something. Yeah. And then it's like, I think the one the one that I remember like vividly of this this is what's hooking me was the first time I saw The Undertaker. Because obviously in the real span of like, if it was real, like real UFC sort of stuff, if there was a man who's saying he's the dead man who rises from the dead and does all of that stuff, you'd you'd laugh him out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> but in the realm of wrestling, it made perfect sense. And it was great. I loved it. And I remember every, I would make the effort every time I could if there was something involving Undertaker, then I'd be right there, just like, yep, I'm watching it, watch what I can. And But obviously, like I said, it was quite hard to watch like, bits and bobs when I could. Mm. Yeah, no, I was, I was very much the same. Um, I had access to certain WWF, as it was then, programs via my nan's house, because my uncle lived there and he had Sky up in the little box bedroom. Um, you mm. had a little bit of WCW on ITV on a Saturday afternoon, and we're talking 93-ish, maybe, 92-ish. But that was kind of all I had. Um, so when you see, like, my kids now, my youngest especially, she, she's wrestling crazy. Um, mm. She's got access to wwe on sky or bt she's got the wwe network she's got aw yeah yeah exactly a fight tv app with god knows how many companies she can scan through i look at it and i think man if that was around 30 years ago i don't think i'd ever got married because i wouldn't need to leave the house i'd just have that so that would have done me <laughs> um so you say that you sort of through your through your friend uh, and rugby and a mutual love of wrestling games, you sort of developed this interest in this in this world. Mm. How did it then progress to? Okay, I'd like to have a go at that. Was there a moment you realise you remember thinking that's for me, or was it a sort of a more of a slow process? Or I I think it was quite a slow process because I remember like so it was quite it was obviously many a year ago, but. I remember we kind of, uh, you got to a point where, uh, like, my eyesight's not the best. So kind of rugby ended, I ended up falling, like, I used to love rugby. I used to end up falling out of love with playing it, partly because of my coach at the time. But then it was partly my my fitness level at the time. And I knew that I was getting to a point where it's going to get to a point if someone kicked the ball, I might not be able to see it properly because of my eyes being a bit dodgy. But okay, it was kind of like, oh... So then when that sort of dropped off, I'd say like wrestling had sort of dropped off. I'd always like peek in now and then and watch things like when I like eventually had Sky for a bit and it would be like, oh, there's some wrestling on. I'll watch a bit of that. Like didn't really know what was going on in the realm of it, but I'd give it a watch or things like that. And it just it was as waffling on so much. (laughs) No, please carry on. Please. More like I, I catch little bits and bobs and I was like, oh, okay. And I think I got to a point. It was probably... I'd say it was probably 2009 because I remember getting like the best of DVDs and things like that. Which okay. is when, well, I'm going to start watching it when I can. So get the get the DVDs when I could, watch it when it was on Sky, like stay up late and watch as much as I could. And it kind of again, it was. I'd say it dropped off again, but mainly because at the time I didn't have a lot of friends who were actually really who were into wrestling. 
So like I'd mention, um, oh yeah, the wrestling, and they'd be a bit like, oh, that, that's a bit stupid. Yeah. Bit, oh, yeah, I didn't mean it. So like yeah. it kind of became a secret thing that I'm watching wrestling. So I had no one to talk to about it. So it was kind of that for ages. And then I think it was eventually we got to a point. So my one of my closest friends now, he'd he'd watched bits a bits of it as well. So every now and then we chat about it. And I remember I remember I'd been Googling like schools and that for ages and it ages. And I remember thinking, I want to like I'd love to give this a go. Like it would be great. So I remember Googling, trying to be like, oh, wrestling schools, wrestling schools in Wales. So the Welsh wrestling one came up. But then I couldn't convince my dad to take me down because it was like two hour drive from where I am. And then he'd have to come back and get me and all that sort of stuff. And it was trying to figure everything out from there. So it was like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then this is where the really random part of it comes up to eventually go into my first session was I went to a book signing of Lee Evans, the comedian. Okay. Always, always loved comedy. He was in Cardiff. So I was like, right, I'm going to that. My friend ditched me at the last minute, so I ended up going on my own. So obviously, it was a long, long day. He he was late. It was like, I think I was sat in the shop for about five hours, Why? like simply waiting for him. And the guy who was in front of me in the queue, his name was Luke. Um, he was a wrestler. So we're like, because we was obviously we were sat next to each other for all these hours. We just ended up chatting, and he showed me some bits he had of his, and then he told me all about Dragon Pro. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So he, like, showed me where he said, oh, go to this, search this, go here, email them, give them a go. So I was like, oh, you know what? Like, it was, it was one of those things, I think. It's like, I want to give it a go. And if I don't give it a go now, I'll regret it if I don't go. Mm-hmm. So I convinced, I convinced two of my mates to come down with me, as, as a lot of – you'll probably find a lot of people uh, in wrestling. You never want to go on your own. So you no, that's visit. right, yeah. So we went down our first session, and I'd love to say it stayed and spiraled from there. But like, I loved the session, loved everything about it. It was life just kind of got in the way for a while, um, which was a bit, yeah. But I think then, see, this again, this is, I feel like these are the longest stories ever. No, no, this is exactly the sort of thing I want. This is this is this is a hundred. This this is what I find interesting. Mm. So I people got in, and that story there is is fascinating how purely by chance you're sat in a queue with a wrestler who's pointed you in the direction of a school whilst you're in a queue for hours for nothing really to associate with wrestling at all yeah it's, it's absolutely fascinating so please don't don't worry at all please carry on um so yeah i got i'd always wanted to go back but at the time i think they were doing they were only doing a sunday day and a tuesday night for training so at the time i was still in school so Tuesday nights were kind of out of the question because of the timings and everything. I was only like I was in my GCSE A levels years, so like I probably could have gone, but it was because of the timings of everything. Get I'd have to get a bus down to Newport and then getting the bus back, arriving home late. I think my parents were a bit like, "Oh, we don't really want you doing that." Mm-hmm. And then oh, I've lost me lost me place. Where was I? Blah, 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 blah. Did that? Yeah. So then when I turned when I eventually went to uni. Um, like a lot of probably like a lot of other people you find you have a bit of extra income from okay. like obviously from all your loans and everything so i remember i remember thinking like oh like i want to give it a go again I, I i wasn't really sure like i was kind of talking myself out of it like i'm my, I'm my own worst enemy for a lot of things like 
I want to do something and I'll talk myself out of it like five times before I end up doing it. And I remember it was, it was within the first two weeks of me moving in. I moved in with three people, obviously didn't know uni halls and they were three of the like worst people I could have ever moved in with. Like we all clashed. We didn't really get on that well. Like two of them, two of them I could speak to now and get on okay with, but one of them I just couldn't stand. Mm. It's funny, so isn't it? How in that scenario you are literally just lumped in with anybody. Mm. It's really, it's a really strange. Um, obviously, it's a case of needs must because that's the environment mm-hmm. and everyone's traveling from everywhere. But to me, it's always struck me as being such an unusual situation to be in where you literally you can be lumped in to literally live with people from anywhere of all tastes never met don't have a clue about and you're expected to know them and then get along with them yeah it's a bit odd but yeah there was just a point we were clashing loads we were arguing and things like like my girlfriend would be on skype to me i'd have to go into the living room for an argument and she'd just be sat there waiting for me like what's going on and it just kind of hit a point i like somehow the dragon pro stuff came up again and like because i'd already been i'd been to a show and everything i was a bit like i need to do something at the time i think they'd increased the days that they were doing training and i was like you know what new like i'm right in the center of cardiff train it's not that bad let's give it a go let's see how i can stick with it like at first it was just mainly a way to keep out of the house yeah because like I didn't want to be there at the time. So like nothing on the uni stuff. I love that side, but it was the people I lived with. I just I just wanted to be away as much as I could. So it was kind of evolved from there. Then I started going like went to a few sessions and I was like, yeah, this is this is all right. And then the more and more I went, the more I got to know the people, the more I got to really delve into everything, the more I was like, yeah, this is something I'm sticking to. This is becoming one of my suddenly become one of my top priorities for everything which i thought like it just it kind of worked out great yeah yeah i mean again that's that's quite it's quite funny how it's almost literally circumstances of your situation you've Mm. gone to uni and there's a chance that if you were lumped in with people that you got on really well with you might Mm. not want to have left the house so much you might not not have had that potential drive to go sod it i'm going to do this to get out the house exactly so you had weird how it just suddenly it suddenly works out like one one small change to that whole thing and i probably wouldn't be where i am today with everything mm. yeah exactly it's very unique very interesting um so going back to that that first session then with um with dragon pro uh mm. before before you were at uni and so on you said you did the, the, the one yeah. to start off how was that when you when you were sort of going to that first session you say you went you, you wrote to a couple of friends in even with um people come you know coming with you were there nerves walking in or were you, you know, looking forward to it or I was, it was a mixture i think it was a mixture of everything so the place the dragon pro used to run it's called the share center and it's just like a little like uh community center type place at the top of newport so when we arrived i think we were some of the first there because i'm i'm as punctual as i as I can be for everything like i hate being late so yeah. i was just like right we're getting here at this time we're doing like We'll be there. So we got there early, and we was kind of one of those things because no one else was there. We were sat there for a bit, like, is this the right place? Are we like, are we here? Right? Is this right? And eventually, so that they start showing up. This is where I met Mike Bird because I'd already emailed him about, oh, if I come, what do I need to bring? And he obviously then he sat down with us. He chatted us through, sort of, this is what we do. This is where we are. First thing we've got to do, we've got to get the ring. 
So I think we were lucky because I know at the time the ring was was a Sunday only thing. So when they did the other sessions in the week, they just do plain on that. Okay. And I'm I'm not 100. percent I think the weekend before there must have been a Dragon Pro show because all the other times the ring was in the place, like in this little storage room. But this time we were getting it from a van, so it was kind of one of those things of jump in, start grabbing stuff, bring them in. So straight away, we're, like first thing we do, before we've even like said hello to a lot of people, it was, let's get the ring set up, let's get that sorted. So like trial by fire, like, are you going to be helpful? Are you going to get stuck in? Yeah. Or like, what's going to happen, really? And so we got it all set up. We got everything started. And luck- luckily, there was, another, there was another two lads there as well who were, like, who were new. And so like brand, literally same session as that's just starting. So we did we did a little warm up. We like as you do, go in, shake hands, say hello to everyone. Started learning then the basics. So we had we were we were lucky that we were allowed to be in the ring. Steve was like our first session. You five come in the ring, you've got this guy, he's gonna look after you. Um and they started to teach us things. So at first I was like, Oh, what's this? And it's like, oh, do a bump, and I was like, <laughs> literally just like that that was the instruction just it was, it was kind of like right do a bump and then it's like what, what's a bump like i don't yeah. know what a bump is and then so then it's like all oh, right so like because I, I think in these heads they were like you know a little bit you know a little bit what you're doing but obviously so then obviously they start to teach you so like the easiest way you can teach someone is you get them to do the whole squat down low just chuck yourself back flat arms and everything and I remember so we went through the whole session. I remember looking around the outside. They're all doing something completely different to us. And I was thinking, oh, this is a bit weird. Like, what are we do? Like, what are we doing here? But then the more we did, and then we learn, we learn like just a little bit of easy technical wrestling. And I just go I remember going, This is actually really fun. Like we weren't even doing big stuff. I know like a lot, I think a lot of people expect it like from being a fan to go into wrestling training. A lot of them expect to walk in and do power bombs and suplexes on the first sessions, and just to go in and kind of learn a little bit of a basic thing and then learn a, like a technical hold. I was kind of like, "Oh, there's, there's a lot more to this yeah. than I realized." So I kind of, I wanted to stick to it. So like, I like I ached so much the next day because obviously I hadn't done a lot of physical exercise <laughs> for a while, and then after the warm ups and the the little bumps and everything, obviously your back's going to hurt anyway. But mm-hmm. I remember, I remember that's what got me hooked more on like watching more when I could and then trying to convince people to go back down with me. Yeah. But you did that carry on then? Did your friends carry on with you or do they fall away and you just find yourself? Unfortunately, they fell away. So like one of my, like one of my closest mates and he, we kept doing that. Oh yeah, I'll come back with you. I'll come back with you. But then because of that, um, we couldn't find a time we could go. And then I worked every Sunday, so I couldn't go then. And it was like, Mm, and it kind it was just um, unfortunately he fell off like he he likes wrestling like he, he still chats to me about wrestling now like he's one of my close mates and he'll message me now and then and be like did you watch mania last night oh, did you watch this yeah and i'm like yeah yeah so we still chat about everything but yeah he was he was just kind of unfortunate we kind of fell off the radar of we're gonna stick to this and we're gonna get we're gonna keep it up mm. no i understand so so okay, let's fast forward a touch. You you now at university, you've done a few more, a few more sessions. You're, you're there a bit more regularly. Um, how soon after that was it that 
you were spoken to about appearing on your first show then or your first match and talk us through that process was that something you felt ready for or did somebody come to you and say we want to do this and how how did you feel i think it was it was a weird mixture of kind of both if that makes sense like so i was until i got my first appearance on the show which was a rumble which a lot of a lot of new people at the time we we would always get your first appearance in a rumble yeah, and yeah. I think it was. I think I was about a year and like three quarters into my whole time training. Like I'm, like I happily admit, I wasn't. I didn't take to wrestling like a duck to water. Like I struggled a lot with a lot of things, whether it was the fitness or just some a lot of the basics. Like some bits were good, some bits were okay, but then there were other bits that uh, that just didn't click with me. So it was kind of a lot. Like I still stuck to the training. I knew that. It, Eventually, it would come like getting into the advanced sessions. I remember, like, I do remember at the time, I was, I got very jealous and kind of like annoyed at myself and other people at the same time. Not, not as much as at them, but more at myself. There's, there's people who were there a lot less time than me who had already had debut matches and done things like that. And I was a were bit they like, just sorry to interrupt, were they just. Were they advancing just a bit quicker than yourself, or yeah. were they? Was that what it was? Or yeah, like literally, no fault um, other than other than my own. I wasn't taking to it as quick. Like like Elijah was one of them at the time. I remember being that. Ah, oh, he's on a show. I thought I'd be on a show. Oh, I'm a bit gutted. But you look, especially if you look where he is now, he absolutely deserved it. He yeah. worked his ass off. He I smashed it in training. Anyway, he was fantastic. So it was me being bitter on myself, basically, for not being better but um, i mean everyone does learn at different rates though of course don't they? i mean yeah. you see you see you see kids at school or people at college or even when um in, in previous employment roles i've had and i've had to train new starters and sometimes we take on three or four new starters at a time mm. everyone learns different skills at different different speeds i guess yeah. i think i understand that i think at the time i didn't really understand that i think a lot, okay. a lot in my head was Hang on, I've been here a year. You've been here six months, and you're getting more than me. What? How's that fair? But then, obviously, the more I stayed around wrestling, the more I, the more I understood. After we did certain things, like we do a training match, for example, and then we get all, we get some feedback from everything we're doing, and then it was starting to realize, right, this is why I'm not doing this. This is why I'm not coming forward. And I remember, I remember being. I, was, I remember we got so the rumble was already announced. Of we, next show, we're doing a rumble. It's a big opportunity. A lot of people can debut. We'll have a lot of people in there. So it was kind of, in a way, it was kind of right. Trainees, listen up. This is coming up. This is what you're working towards. Yeah, so I was like, right. So I just kind of kept my head down, kept going, kept doing what I could. And I remember we just finished a session. And I was chatting to some of the the guys who had already told me that they were in the rumble i hadn't heard anything at this point and i remember one of the guys who run a lot of the backstage stuff he came over he was chatting to us and that so you know all know what you're doing in the rumble and they all said yes and i went no and he kind of looked at me and just went hang on a minute disappeared out of sight <laughs> and then he, then he goes oh ollie come to mike's office sort of like the unit we were in so I went over to speak to mike and him and it was literally, yeah, so think of a name. You're going to debut on the 31st of Jan. This is this will be your first thing. And it's like, they said, like, it's not, a full, obviously, it's not a full match. It's not, it might not be anything big. 
it's a rumble. It's the first chance in front of a crowd. Let's like let's see how you go with it. Yeah. So I remember being then like, right, this is it. This is this is what we've been waiting for. But then I had the panic of what who the hell am I gonna be? <laughs> I was gonna speak to you about that actually. Um before we get to the the, the whole character, the gimmick, uh, however you want to word it. Um with regards to Getting told you're in the rumble then, uh, and the other people being asked, do you know what you're doing in the rumble and so on? What exactly was it you were given to be in the rumble? Were you told how many people you were going to eliminate or be eliminated by or where you would? So there's a lot of moving parts in these matches is kind of yeah, what I'm trying to get at. And how much rumbles I've done over recent years, the more like I think at the time it was a very you learn you learn your bit and that's it that's all you need to know and then mm-hmm. you need to know when you're in and when you're out and that was it but obviously the more the more rumbles than that i've done over the few years it's like right there's a lot of moving parts to it like i could be coming in to do this thing but over there someone could be trying to do this thing and you've got to kind of speak to more people than you realize to make sure you're not crossing over and it was yeah. just i think at the time it was literally just you're in the rumble we'll work on stuff so it was like, right, it was then, it, think of what you're going to do. So when we had a bit of extra time on sections, it was a bit, think of things you can do, think of things you'd want to do on the show, and then we'll work it in from there. So then I didn't, so then we didn't know anything else except we're in the rumble. And then it was on the day, right, you're in at A, you're in at, you're in at two, you're in at five. So I think I was in about, I want to say four or five, something like that. So I was like relatively early on. Um, which was, I think I was happier with that I was early on because at the time it was like, right, these people in here, you got three experienced and no, I was six actually. And so I had about, there was about three experienced and three of us who were newer. So it was a mixed bag of this is right. This is what it is. Run in, did my bits. And then I get told that it was like a simple, it was literally as simple as right. You're going to be in for this long when this guy comes out he's going to do something and then he'll throw you out. So okay. I think I'm probably only in that match for about five minutes, maybe, maybe a bit more, but it was like at the time, like I say, I say at the time, I think it was one of, it's one of my favorite memories from stuff of kind of first experience. Yeah. Do, it was kind of all the, the culmination of all the, the hard time and training the culmination of, yeah, this is what I wanted. And then it was the right. I've hit this. Where are we going from here? Because I don't want this to be it. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I, I always find these multi-man matches, the, the Battle Royals, the Royal Rumbles and so on, so many people say that's how they get, they, they sort of have their first matches, whether it's on Academy shows or main shows or however. That's kind of almost how everyone experiences one of the, one of their first matches anyway. So I'm always really fascinated with regards to how, how that's structured and how that's worked. Um, you mentioned there then you needed to have a name you need to know who you were before you walk through the curtain on this occasion um was this then the birth of all of a sudden or was this um, somebody in, else that kind of built towards that it was a very early prototype of like all of a sudden it was like it was a very early on as this is who i am sort of thing so I like I don't I'd had the gear because like we me and uh, mike bird had had the conversation before of he said, when you get to a certain point in training, speak to me. I'll tell you when it's the right time to get your gear. So 
he was just like get something plain something basic so you've got something because so, you never know like when an opportunity could appear like i could have found out i was lucky i had a lot of time to find out i was in the rumble i could have found out on the day or the week before of oh we've got a spot you're in it now mm-hmm. so like i was all ready for that but it was always the name thing i was struggling with um but then so a lot of time in training uh, i was very over the top flamboyant like i had a lot of like flaily arms and like they always said there was something about the way I did certain things where, like, it was aggressive, but it wasn't the right kind of aggressive. And there's some the way I walked, and there was like a flamboyancy and a, like a swagger around it. There were like wasn't it, like I wouldn't say it wasn't normal, but it was like it wasn't wrestler. Yeah. So okay. it was, so like so we'd had the conversation. It's like oh, stick with some of these mannerisms then because it, it set me apart at the time. Like everyone was everyone was wrestlers. Um, but then there, that was just a little something that like kept me apart. So I remember I had second year in uni, I had different flatmates, like got on great with him, one of my closest friends. And he was, I was like, oh, I'm doing this. I need a name. I can't think of anything. I actually like, I need a name. So I remember like, you know, obviously when you play on some of the games, you make a character, oh yeah, this is me. This is what I'm going to be. And I like look through the thing and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not being tornado. I'm not being cage casted. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not being these sorts of things. And I kind of knew that I wanted to keep my name because at times I can be very stupid. And I knew that if someone was like, if I called myself like Dave, for example, if someone shouts Dave at me in the ring, I'm just going to ignore it. Cause I'm like, who's Dave? <laughs> who's, who's this Dave? And he'd be like, Oh, it's me. So like, I knew I was like, I want to stick to my name, but what can go with it? And I, I was, I were all confident. I went up to my friend and I'm like, I've got it. Oliver Slammer. And I was like, <laughs> worst name in the world. And I was like, I'm going to be Oliver Slammer. And he was like, uh. and then oh, we I, just... I hope, I hope there's Oliver Slammer t-shirts available. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so we, we were just then, ch- he was a bit like, Oh, that's a bit of things. And we started talking about it. like he, we, like I did a drama degree. So we were both, we both into the acting side of stuff anyway, and we were talking about it. And he just, I can't remember what, even what it was that triggered him saying it, but he just suddenly went, oh, what about all of a sudden? Because it sounds like that. I was like, oh, all of a sudden? Ooh. So it's like, oh, yeah. So then you, obviously you, you hear it, and then you start going, oh, yeah. So then yeah. it kind of starts rolling on of, oh, yeah, things can happen all of a sudden. Things, I can do this, I could do this. So it's kind of then, it, that became a jigsaw piece that I'd been looking for to kind of fit mm-hmm. into everything. So like, I then, like, I went up to Mike and everything. I was like, what do you think of this for a name? And it's like, yeah, it suits. Like from everything I was doing, it suited who I was at the time. So they're like, yeah, let's go for it. And it kind of then all rolled and spiraled from there. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. I mean, I've got a bit of a, sort of, I suppose getting a bit ahead of ourselves here, but we'll, we'll track back afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. The, fr- like, the first time I saw you wrestle was on an evolution show in Gloucester. And that's like my, I suppose my local company, I guess, or local promotion. That's very much like on my doorstep. And I've seen you wrestle a few times. Uh, my kids always thought you were fantastic. Um, you always entertained me and my wife. But it was when my mum came along to her first ever wrestling show. And it was literally, she'd never been to a wrestling show in her whole life. She's, she's mid-60s and she came along because my girls kept telling Nanny how wonderful this this was. So she came along for the one show. And then you came out. 
And soon as you came out, my mum was smiling and laughing and thought you were fantastic. <laughs> and then I reckon about it must have been a, a good three quarters of the way through your match. She all of a sudden turned to me and went, ha, huh, all of a sudden, I get it now. And I was like, oh, mum. <laughs> yeah. You will actually, you'll be surprised the amount of people who either still don't get it or only recently got it. Okay. Like, I was chatting to, it was a good, obviously it was about a year and a half ago. I'm pretty sure it was Flash Morgan Webster. Like we were at a show together and someone had said like, all of a sudden, and then he went, all of a sudden. Oh, it was that sudden realization of that's why it's your name. It's like some I think some people just assume, like, oh, all of a sudden, yeah, okay. Yeah. A lot I've had a lot of people who I've known for ages only recently get the name, and they're just like, How did I not know this? And like it's pretty obvious because when you when you say all of a sudden, it sounds like all of a sudden, even to a point I'll I'll be watching a film or a TV show, they'll say all of a sudden, and I'll turn to my fiance and just be like, eh, eh, that's me. <laughs> I'm famous, they've mentioned me. Yeah. Oh, that was brilliant. And I like I me, mean, my mum, she's come to quite a few uh, evolution shows with us now. It's great seeing her with my daughters, watching the wrestling together and so on. And you fast become one of her favourites. She thinks you're fantastic. She, she she looks forward to seeing you, as, as I do as well. You know, you always entertain us. So thank you very much for that. That's um, what I love doing. I mean, we say that about working for evolution. Um, or Pro Evo, as it was once known for, for, for a period. You, you spent your early days very much at dragon pro was it that was that was your sort of home promotion so to speak that was your training ground and then home yeah, promotion it was a lot it was a lot of sticking with dragon pro so, like a lot of it i'd say was it was out of choice because i think like i said I'm my, I'm my own worst critic for a lot of things like i still am so i think at the time especially because i'd not done a lot like after i'd done a rumble it wasn't the case of all oh, right i've done a rumble now that means i could do shows i need to message every, i need to get out there I knew I knew really quickly that right, done my first thing. Now I need to work towards the second thing. So it was it was another good few months after that that I actually got my first actual match, like an actual match to do. Mm-hmm. So it was a good. I knew that I knew I wasn't ready for a match. So I kind of stayed local for as much as I could because I was like, this, yeah. like, this is this is where I need to stay for now. I'm not. I didn't want to be one of those people who goes oh i've had a taste of glory right let's go out let's do this and then mess it up hurt myself hurt someone else or run before they could walk sort of thing yeah exactly yeah okay so so you have a few more months training and so on then and then it comes to as you worded it your first match match your first proper match um was that a singles was that a tag and how did that come about was that luckily it was another multi-man match um so I think because, again, like I'd been told that at the time more like it might be different for people. But I think it worked for me because at the time it was more of a stick you in a multi-man of like it was a scramble match. So it was stick you in that. So you've got like we had two to three experienced people in there who knew knew everything, knew what they were planning it, positioning, like telling us what we were there for and what we needed to do. And then we had the newer people in it who was like, right, this is your first show in go and show us who all of a sudden is go and show us who Mr. Bananas is and all the things like that. So it was, right. Let's see if I can get everyone's name now. So it was myself. We had Ian Williams, the third, who doesn't wrestle anymore. We had Jay Trace, who doesn't wrestle anymore. We had Bino. 
we had Mr. Bananas and we had Oliver Satchwell. So it was a good, it was a good mix of us, good, like good multi-man thing to go for. And it, it like, I'd say it went like from my first thing, it went well. I remembered everything I needed to. I got, I got in everything. Like I did everything I needed to. And it, I got some, I got some good feedback from it. So like, I, I was more than happy after that. And it was like, again, like I said, for stuff like gears starting to turn in my head off, right. We're starting to understand it more now, right. We know what we're doing. So we've had the, the match, that match experience. Now let's aim for the singles match experience and go from there. Yeah, again, it's that it's that learning curve, I suppose, isn't it? It's going with uh, maybe not masses of experience, but you're picking up experience as you go along, which is obviously you know helping you on the path to where you want to be. Um, like, so I knew I knew to walk before I could run, which yes. I think is a lot of people get it the wrong way around. Get a bit overexcited potentially mm. with their first. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Um, you went on then. Obviously, you wrestled for. Dragon Pro. Um, I think you had some matches at Chaos as well. Yeah. Um, Attack, PCW, uh, Pro Evo, and, and so on. Um, yeah. How quickly did it accelerate to that level? How quickly was it that you were sort of moving around? And how was that again with regards to, I suppose, for want of a better term, a, a nerves situation? Walking into a new, a new promotion, a new company, mm-hmm. new faces. Um, did it feel the same as walking into Dragon Pro at day one, or how, how was the differences there? I think it was a solid, like a solid mix of things. So, I think the one that I was, I can honestly say, I was the most nervous for was when I did my first match for Chaos, because mm-hmm. that in my that was in my first year of like being on shows. So, I think at the time I'd only had a few matches, um, but a couple months before that happened, I had a match. It was under Pro Evo, but it wasn't under Pro Evo. We just did some fairground um, thing. Um, okay. Right, uh, Robbo, he, he messaged, because this was when Hitch took over for Dragon Pro. He messaged him and said, we're having a day of a wrestling, no, a day of wrestling at this thing. Have you got any people that would like to come down? So it was kind of a, come. you can come down and wrestle on the show. And then it was also a way to have another promoter looking at you. So we had we then had Robbo there to kind of watch it and be like, oh, I like this guy, I like this guy. And kind of it was then a new experience then rather than just being what we were used to. And the match I had, it went terribly wrong. And you might have seen the clip. It was the match that I fell out the ring for. I have not seen this clip, no. I have not. But I'm afraid this does mean I'm going to have to try and find it. You know that, don't you? <laughs> find it on Botchamania 316. Oh, uh, okay. I'm the, I, it's terrible I remember that, but I'm the guy in purple. It was just, the, it wasn't the best weather. It was a bit rainy. I went to do a Bronco Buster in the corner because at the time I was like, ah, oh, Bronco Busters are funny. That's what I'm going to do lots of. Right. Uh, I went for it, kind of slipped as I went for a jump. My arm buckled and I kind of flew over the top rope and it kind of landed oh, flat on the outside. Were you hurt? So, no, um, no, pride more than anything. Okay. Like, I remember, I remember it ha- at the time. It, I remember it happening and being like, "Oh God," because it was a it was a three way match that I was doing. So it was me, Bino, and then the Miss Bananas. So I'd missed Bino, landed outside the ring, and obviously first big mistake. And I was like, "Oh my God, what do I do? Do I go try it again?" So I'm just sat stood there, I sat there for a second, like, "What do I do?" And I looked to the left, 
and I see Mr. Bananas, and I could just see his eyes through his weird mask, just going, get in the ring! I was like, <laughs> So I was like, right, let's just go from there. But it kind of, because I was very early on, it knocked my confidence, like, massively. Okay. Like, I think I took a, ended up going back a bit then, I think, in training, because it was kind of, if I can mess up something simple, what if I can't do this? Like, I remember, I remember, like, uh, I like, I'll admit, yeah, I remember calling my um, girlfriend at the time crying because I was like, what if I can't do this? Is there much point in me continuing? And mm-hmm. like, I got over some of that and started, started to get the flow. And one of the, one of the first rules um, for when we were starting to help at shows, one of the first rules that we always seem to get told was always bring your gear because you never know what could happen. Like literally it could be, you could, you could just find out literally on the day you're going to be on a show. They might have a spot to fill. They, you might've impressed them with something. And luckily for me, that is exactly what happened with chaos. So I had, I had my bag and that with me anyway. It was just, I'd been helping with them for a few months. So I already got to know, know a lot of them and I'd showed, shown up literally one of the first people there because obviously setting up the big show because this was in Yate Leisure Centre so they had the big the big lighting trust and the big all the, all the seats to set up yeah I remember as soon as I got there it, Dave Mercy walked straight up to me and he just went you got gear on you I was like yeah and he went okay you're wrestling the match before the main event and then walked off didn't say anything else <laughs> wrestling, you're wrestling the match before the main event and then walked off and I was like wait what so I kind of stood there for a minute, like, is he serious? Like, is he joking? And then the match was against Bino. And Bino came up to me and he was like, so we're having a match now then. I was like, oh, shit. So kind of straight away, news hit, because I obviously I knew how big chaos was, mm-hmm. um, especially a big, like, 500-plus seat venue that they were using. And my head went into overdrive. I was like, oh, my God. So set up the show, and it was just like, right, I actually need to go plan a match now and yeah. do this. And it was it was one of the, it was one of the most nervous I've ever been. It's just purely because it wasn't didn't matter who I was wrestling, but it was the fact that in my head I wasn't prepared to wrestle that day. Like it was almost like you you bring your gear, you hope, and you like you know maybe something will come up. Maybe it'll be oh you've helped really well on this show. On the next show, we'd like to use you for something. But the fact it was literally walk through the door. You got your stuff. Yep, you can wrestle. So it was like, oh, <laughs> massive. <panic. laughs> but like, you know, I think it went well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Bino as well. Whenever I've seen him work, oh, yeah. I'm like, incredibly talented. Absolutely. I couldn't. I think at the time I couldn't have been in there with anyone better because this was more early stages of him. He was a lot more bigger with his character, like being the bad man sort of thing mm-hmm. that he was. And then me being who I was, we I think we we connect, we flowed really well into how how we were doing everything. So I think at the time it was like the perfect opportunity for us. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the Vino, the whole what you say in sort of stuff, it resonates to kids of a certain age as well. Um, my 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 middle daughter, who's not as wrestling crazy as my youngest, but loves the live shows. Um, mm. Bino came out for the first time at a show we were at and her first time seeing him and straight away with the entrance the dancing and all this sort of stuff she thought he was fantastic and i ended up getting i ended up getting tapped up for 20 odd quid off my little girl that day for a t-shirt because she was that big a fan like so <laughs> there's a beano t-shirt somewhere in her bedroom now. Yeah, they're gonna get they're gonna get your wallet easily yeah that's it that's it <laughs> um 
So, yeah, I, mean, I suppose that brings us, I suppose, pretty much up to present day with yourself with regards to wrestling for various companies and and how you're getting on, sort of COVID aside, I guess, because that's the big restriction there, isn't it? Um, where do you kind of hope to go in the future? Where, where, what, what's your next few uh, um, steps, I guess? Well, you know, COVID aside, lockdown's all done and dusted. Um, coronavirus is a faint and distant memory very soon hopefully where do you ideally want to be going short term long term and so on uh so obviously i think easiest thing to say short term like everyone else i just want to get back to it whether it's being on a show or just simply a training like i'm itching to get back to it mm-hmm. um i'd say long term and this is kind of like it's like a varied answer of I feel like I need to find properly who I am now with wrestling because there's, there's parts of me like, I enjoy everything I do is all of a sudden I enjoy. It's literally one of my favorite things about wrestling is knowing that like, I might not have the best match on the card, but I know that there is at least one person out there who I made smile. And that's what, like, I've always loved entertaining people. Like, when I was younger, I was, I was the, like the entertainer in the family and like it was always something I wanted to do. So I knew I know for a like I knew for a fact, regardless of what happened with wrestling, entertaining was what I wanted to do. Um, but then I also feel recently, I say recently, year and a half ago, when we were <laughs> still around everything, have I have I hit like have I gone as far as I can go with all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Like, is there another avenue I can go and whether that's still being all of a sudden and still doing that but is there other avenues i can take it like the way i look at it is you look at someone like colt cabana who's like one of the best comedy wrestlers in the world he hasn't always just been i'm colt cabana i'm funny i'll do comedy wrestling there have been times where he is he's switched things up and he he might have been the bad guy he might have done something else and i don't know whether maybe it's time i try something else for a bit Still state like I'll still be all of a sudden, but maybe it's just a different version. Maybe it's me turned down a little bit from everything I do. And I know it's like I said, it's kind of a it's kind of a wide berth answer to it, but I just what I want to find out who I am and I wanna make I wanna make like find a place in wrestling. Like I like and it's not a bad thing, the place I've been in. It's I've had some I've had some great matches. Uh, but I do also feel like I have kind of pigeonholed myself as if between me and like other people, if I'm messaging a promotion of I'd love to come and wrestle for you, not everyone wants uh, like the funny guy in purple trunks or a singlet. Um, not That's not what everyone wants. So I kind of need to find this is what people want and this is who I am. But again, I waffle on with the answer. But no, it's, no, it's, it's fascinating. It's kind of the is the mystery, and I'm looking forward to it. Of like, I wanted to, I want to just discover more ways to have fun in wrestling, and whether again, like, I'd love to be in a tag team as well. Like there was, we had there were some things that were in the pipeline of I might have been starting something, but obviously with how how much time has gone by, whether that still goes ahead, I don't know. But again, it's just. I'm looking forward to the like the travel like the change of it all. I'm looking forward to the, whatever comes up, whether it's good or bad. Like I'm looking forward to this whole adventure. 
Mm. Yeah, no, I understand. It's really, it's really interesting you saying there about, I suppose, uh, pigeonholing yourself in in a sort of comedy, um, a comedy niche potentially. Um, mm. It could be something to be concerned about. I understand where you're coming from, but at the same time, seeing you do that that character uh, yeah. first firsthand with, as I said, I mean, I, I'm my wife and I were we're thirty nine, forty, whatever. Yeah. My mum is mid sixties. My daughter's the other side of the row. She's eleven years old, and all of us have got big smiles on our faces when you come to the ring and you mess with the referee. And um, I'm a big fan of the whole, I, I don't know if there's a particular name for it. So forgive me if I describe this incorrectly, but um, the sort of running belly smash. And when you come back off the ropes and you turn it into a cross body and that, oh, I'm yeah, a, like the, bowl, the bowl belly hits and everything. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's fantastic. I'm, <laughs> and I'm, I'm as big a fan as I, I don't know how you'd word this. I suppose, uh, the sort of new Japan, um, oh, very yeah, technical sided. Yeah, I'm a big. Yeah, I, I like. I like. I, I like my aerial stuff. I like my comedy. Mm. I like my brawlings. All that sort of stuff. I like the proper hold for hold, technical, serious oh, yeah. side of wrestling. That's that's really my niche. That's that's my my corner of the wrestling world, I guess. But yet, I look forward to seeing your name on on a show when I go because, as I said, I'm looking at my mum right down to my daughter all through the ages, and the smiles <laughs> in my family are huge. So. I can understand where you're coming from with that thought process, but at the same time, I want you to be aware that what you do is absolutely fantastic. Like, I think that's one of the things is obviously as much as like everything I said, that's one of the things that plays on my mind a lot. Like I, so a lot of this comes from the stuff we've done in training. Like it's harder to, it's harder to do comedy wrestling in training than anywhere else. Like if you can get a genuine laugh out of people in training, you know, it's going to work well. But obviously, when you're in a training environment and they all kind of know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you're not going to get a genuine reaction. So it is. I do. I've always found it quite hard to try stuff because whereas in a room with like 14 people, my like the way I've messed with the referee might not go over. But then when I'm on like an evolution show, for example, I know that when I, if I go out there and I do all that stuff, it's the perfect crowd for it because I know that people will enjoy it. I think it's one thing I never want to. I never want to leave it behind 100. percent Like some people are about, oh, you should change your name, but I don't want to change my name. No, like I am. Like even if I was to suddenly turn into a bad guy, I'm still. I still want to be all of a sudden because the name. There is no other all of a sudden out there. There is no. There is no. Like there is no other version of it. Like you might get. It's like you get it with obviously normal names as well, but there's like a hundred different like Joneses and. I'm this, I'm some like wrestling wise, like I'm something this, and there's like six of them out there. There is one all of a sudden, and that that is me, which is one of my like, there's one thing I love about it. And I know that, like, like I say, that change might not come everywhere. I know, like, I know for a fact that I'd happily wrestle for um, for evolution for years and years, and I know that I would happily go out and I'd be the same person because I know. It brings a smile to people's faces. I know as well that there might there might be some people out there in other places that might not like it. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a hard one. It's trying to find the delicate middle ground where I'd still I'd happily go back and forth between the two. Where yeah. I know that at this show, I am all of a sudden I'm the king of Toontown. I'm the happy go lucky guy I am. Whereas I also know that I'd like to go on to another show, and I'm all of a sudden I'm a bit of a dick. 
and I <laughs> do things do things dirty and I do other things. So like again, like I waffle on and I probably don't even understand half the things that I'm saying myself. But it's that's all the it's all the it's all the fun of the thing wrestling of I like I kind of know what I want to do, but then I don't and then but then like hearing what you said then about uh, coming with your family and everything, it it puts a massive smile on my face knowing that I've made people smile because especially as you think, especially kids, you could, you could take a kid to a wrestling show and it could be your kind of, and again, not knocking it at all. It could be a, a show where it's all strong style wrestling yeah. and flippy stuff and all of the aggression in the world. Not every kid's into that, but every kid loves to smile. Every kid loves to laugh at like someone who, like someone who knows that they can just mock themselves in mm-hmm. a way. Like, I take it, I always take it back. I So, I to think now, 2019 it would have been, I had a match that I'd been wanting to have for ages. I had it with Gene Money at Chaos. And, like, to me, for British wrestling, Gene Money is up there as probably the best character wrestler, like, right now. Like, for the current scene, Gene Money is fantastic. And I knew I wanted it. And I just, like... I don't know what it was. I think I got it in my head. I disappointed myself in the match. Okay. Like I thought it was going in my head. I was like, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be funny. Everyone's going to love it. I got a lot of criticism off people for that match for the, like, I got someone told me it was like watching a bad stand-up comedy routine. And I was like, Oh, great. And like, see bad things. Like that. But then again, on the other hand of it, I heard there was kids chanting in the crowd and a kid came up to me afterwards and said it was really funny and they really loved it. Brilliant. So it's, a, it's a weird double-edged sword, yeah. isn't it? Like you make one person happy, but you annoy the other person. So it's kind of, who do, yeah. who do, I, want to, who do I lean towards more? But again, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Like finding out what we can, finding out what I can do with everything. Yeah, somebody, um, somebody I speak to quite a bit for other shows and so on, who kind of helped me get into the sort of podcasting effort or podcasting world, or however you want to word it. Yeah, I used to say about wrestling that it was very much wrestling. Wrestling should be a buffet, and there should be a little bit of something for everyone. But you may not necessarily like everything, and I think that works. That that's the that's the whole point. It's I like the fact, and I keep coming back to it, and I apologise for repeating myself, but I like the fact I can sit there with my mum and my daughters. In fact, we, you know, me and my wife in the middle, three generations, mm-hmm. and get enjoyment out of the same thing. That to me is a huge, a huge, a huge thing for my family. And it, you know, it's 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 really nice seeing my my daughters sitting next to their nan pointing yeah. out why they like this person why they like that why we should boo that person and all it oh, that's fantastic for me just i spend more time watching them than the ring sometimes it's absolutely fantastic you know um oliver thank you so so much for spending a bit of time with me this evening to talk and, about how this has been great you've uh, you sort of found out about this crazy world and got involved yourself i've really really enjoyed our time talking together i would love to have a part two where that's more just me and you shooting the shit chatting about all sorts or i happy to do that whenever you give give me enough notice and i will make sure i make the time for it Fantastic. how long have we been we've been we've been chatting for just over an hour it feels like we've been chatting for 10 minutes it's been great excellent stuff i'm really glad I, 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 it means a lot to me when people say they enjoy coming on the show and talking to me so i really appreciate that thank you uh, before i let you go though could you please let everyone know whereabouts they can find you on the old internet machines 
So I would say me, I've got a Facebook page for all of a sudden, but I haven't used it an awful lot. So you're more than welcome to find it. Like as the world comes back, I will probably be using it more, but we shall wait and see. Again, you can probably find me as Twitter. My my at is Mr. Oliver Sudden, I believe. Or did I change it? No, it should be Mr. Oliver Sudden. <laughs> See, again, I'm terrible with this stuff. If you if you search Oliver Sudden, you should you should find me. It's either you yeah, find you do, me yeah. or you find a rap group that have the same name as me. <laughs> it's always fun when I get randomly tweeted of, oh, listen to Oliver Sudden's new rap album. And I'm like, ooh. When did I release that? Yeah, when are the loyalties coming through? <laughs> when Instagram is it happens underscore all of a sudden, which is a bit of a mouthful, so I'll probably end up changing it. No worries. Um, I'll tag uh, on the shows, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and so on. I'll tag all your links anyway when yeah. the show comes out, whether that's uh, – I think it's going to be in a week or two that will happen. So when that does happen, I'll, I'll tag everything in there. Um, I'll also put the links up for your um, Prostate Cancer UK charity fundraising as well so if anyone out there has a spare couple of quid jump mm-hmm. on these links chuck some money in there um don't be stingy come on you know you can't even get a point for less than a five nowadays can you chuck some money in the pot pandemic. everyone's pushing the prices up that's it that's it <laughs> um you can find me at sjp words on twitter and you can find the show at sjp wrestling pod on instagram facebook and twitter Again, Oliver, thank you so, so much for your time. And everyone listening, if you do see the name Oliver Sudden, uh, the finest from Toontown, the king of Toontown, appearing on a poster or any internet advertising for a show near you, buy a ticket, go down and watch, take your kids, you will have a fantastic time. Oliver, thank you again for your time, my friend. Anytime, anytime. I'll speak to you soon. And to everyone else, as always, thank you for listening. <laughs>